I think probably Neil and the girls, as uh, Paul's just saying about I look so calm, are probably thinking you need to come and look at our house a few times when things aren't so calm. Now Dave's under pressure to fit it all on the table. <laughs> Great, thanks Dave. So most of us live under pressure. We live pressured lives. And some of us have a bigger capacity to cope with pressure than others. Some people actually thrive upon pressure, and you'll hear people say, I work well under pressure. And we've already heard from the media clip what makes people feel stressed out and what puts pressure on their lives. And just as I was getting ready to prepare and just thinking about what God would just have me to share, I thought, you know, we all pack so many roles into our lives. And, you know, we've got a lot of young people in tonight, and what you pack into your life would be very different to what I pack into my life. Uh, but we have lots of different roles that we have to fulfill. For myself, I'm a wife, I'm a mother, I'm a daughter, a sister, an auntie, a friend, a neighbor. I work part-time for the business here at church. I'm on the church leadership team. I run my own business. So there's quite a lot to pack in, but I'm not saying look at me. I'm just saying think about what you have to pack in to your day. And just to help us do that, I thought it might be quite good just to have a few visual aids. And I have my assistant, if you could give her a round of applause as she comes up onto the stage. This is Jane. You might need to take a seat, okay. So I thought we'd just have a little look into the life of Christine so that you can identify, I'm sure, with some of these things that we just have to pack in each day. Well, I don't know what it's like in your house when your alarm goes off or however you get up. But of course, as being a good Christian family, it's so calm in our house. The first job of my day is to get two children up and ready for school, to get them out, pressed, pristine, ready to go. And what is it about school mornings that the uniform you had ready the night before has suddenly disappeared the next morning? What is it about the school bag that was packed has suddenly gone walkabout? So the first thing I'm just going to give to Jane, I'm not going to give you school uniform or anything like that. I'm just going to be very calm and say, we just have to do breakfast. So I'll give you your breakfast tray and I'll give you some cereals. Okay. Now I understand that if you get out in the morning without any pressure, I understand that. We don't. It's hectic. We even arrive in the car still arguing about whose hair bobbles they were and who they belonged to. That is just part of our life. But we get to school looking like the model family by the time we get there after the car journey. Not to forget, we have to do snacks to make sure they've got something to eat when they get to school. So we've had to pack the snack up ready. And it's never what they wanted, of course. They always wanted something different to what I've got. But once I've got the children off and that's all sorted, it's my time to start my day at the office. So if I can get it out. There's your laptop, Jane. You've got a bit of work you need to do on the computer. Okay. Now, we won't even go into what goes into those seven or eight hours. I could give you a rundown of what happens in church. I could talk about boring things that I do in my own business, like VAT returns and balancing books and all that kind of stuff. But we won't even go there. We'll just say a seven or eight hour day at work. Now, when that's finished, I have to think about feeding the family. Oh, I've lost my bag of groceries. I didn't even go to food bank. I did actually go to the shops and buy it. 
So there's your shopping, Jane, because you're going to need that later. Okay, you're all right. Good, okay, okay. So we've done some shopping, and now it's time to go and get them back from school. Okay, now that's always a bit of a challenge because one of them comes out at four, but the other one's decided she wants to be in the pantomime. So we don't have one school run, we have to go backwards and forwards to get them at the correct time. By the time we've got them home, what do we have to pull in then? Right. Bit of cleaning. Better get that done. I know I brought them somewhere. They're messy in our house, so we do have quite a lot of cleaning to do. Oh, then. Oh, who knows about our new addition to the family? Who's the new addition in our family? If I can find it. Monty the dog. And in here somewhere... I haven't got Monty. <laughs> I can't find it. I've got his lead in there somewhere, but we have to take Monty for a walk. I couldn't have brought Monty because he's bigger than the baggy, for those of you that know Monty. Okay. Now, this is my favorite time of the night. This is when we have to do homework. Now, for those amongst you who may be deluded into thinking homework is for the children, that isn't quite the case when you've got younger children. As a modern-day parent, we are expected to be fluent in Spanish, German, and French for every word that they may need. We have to know how to apply Napier rods to long multiplication. See, I know most of you don't know what I'm talking about already, but we have to know that. We have to, have to understand photosynthesis and what goes on in all of that. And then just to help them, we have to do a 15,000-word essay on Romeo and Juliet to get inside the head of Shakespeare. So we pull all that in, and then it's time to cook some dinner. So let's do some cooking, Jane, and get all that put in. After we've done the cooking and we've had tea, we have to wash the pots. I've been really gentle with her here. I could have bought a big, massive um, washing-up bowl, but I've just brought a tea towel for that one. Then, oh, I forgot, sorry. I forgot your atlas for homework. Mustn't forget that. That's to help with the homework. Okay. Then we're back to the uniform thing again. We have to iron it, ready for the next morning so that it can go missing once again. Okie dokie. Now, because we're near Christmas, we have to find a little bit of time just to wrap a few presents. So you need to pull that in at some point as well, wrap the Christmas presents. Now, this is the butte. So I found Monty's lead now so he can go for a walk. So that's good. There's Monty. I'm going for a walk. Okay. Do you remember that old program, Cracker Jack? You probably weren't the younger ones, but we used to pile presents on people. It feels a bit like that. Okay. So, this is the best one. Three weeks ago, they told the girls at school, it's book character day in three weeks, and you need an outfit to wear. When did the children tell you about it? The night before. Yes, that's right. So mum being resourceful has to pull out a costume. And can we do that? Of course we can. We actually look at what we've got and decide what character they're going as, as to what fits. So I think you can go as a princess tonight. Okay. So we've got all that done and it's Tuesday night. So what does that mean? We're off to equippers. Yes. Let's go to equippers. Okay. Now hold on to the iron because the irons have got to be clean. Uh, been ironed. Okay, and tonight I'm on lock-up at church, so don't forget your keys. Okay, and then when you get home, 
You've got to sit down and write a message on living under pressure because Paul's asked you to speak at Sunday at six. Let's give Jane a round of applause. Thank you, Jane. <laughs> Someone like to come and unload her <laughs> just while I carry on. <laughs> or she can just sit there all the way through. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> Now, I know that physically we don't carry all that stuff, but mentally we're carrying this stuff. And none of this stuff here is bad. It's not, you know, we've not even talked about financial pressure. We've not even talked about the whole thing of Christmas and having to fund all that and get everything done. We've not even talked about the fact that we're worrying about losing our job. We've not talked about the fact we may have elderly parents that we've got to look after. We've not even thought about the fact that there could be ill health in the family. So they're all the sort of burdens that we can be carrying day to day. And if we don't find a way to offload that, it starts all again the next day and piles on and piles on. So we need to find a way of mentally offloading that. And not all pressure is bad. We need to just accept that. And the Bible doesn't teach us that we shouldn't have any pressure. In Matthew 11, verse 28, it says, Come unto me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So Jesus doesn't say, Come to me and I'll take all the pressure away. Come to me. And you'll never have to make another costume or you'll never have to cook another meal. He doesn't say that. But what he does say is, if you come to him, you'll find refreshing for your soul. You'll find rest and a way of just offloading some of those things. Now, those of you that know me will know I'm a very practical person. And I do believe that we can take very practical steps just to help us organize our lives better. In fact, I've actually spoken before on time management and, and how we can do that. And I do believe there is a place for doing that. And we can get books and things. And, you know, and sometimes we do need to declutter our lives and just take some things out and make some decisions. But all the things you saw there that were part of my life and the things that are probably going through your mind that you have to fit in, that wouldn't help. You've still got to fit them in and you've still got to do them. So what I want to do tonight is just look at what the Bible tells us on how we can find rest, how we can feed ourselves spiritually so that we can live a balanced life and therefore give us a firm foundation to cope with the pressures that life throws at us. The first, first thing I want to look at is to make time for God. And the reason I've put make time is because we literally have to do that. In our schedule, we have to make time. And Psalm 46 verse 10 says, be still and know that I am God. And the message version of that is, step out of the traffic and take a long loving look at your high God. And we have to take that decision just to take some time out. And this is something that, I mean, I've been a Christian for 26 years and I've heard this preached over and over and I have to tell you that I wish I'd have got a grasp of it a lot earlier on in my Christian life you hear it and you think oh yeah that you know I'm in a quiet time with God blah, blah, blah. and I just want to say especially to the young people get a grip on spending time with God early in your Christian walk 
Don't leave it till you're 26 years down the line to realize how important it is. And over these past months, I've just realized how important it is and how I need to make time to take time out for God. I've, I've always had quiet times. I've always prayed and, you know, but not to the extent that I've really made myself now take time to spend with God. And in Luke 5.16, it says there, Jesus often withdrew to lonely places because he needed time with God. And you might say, well, that's all very well, but if I take this time out, how do I spend time with God? What do I do? Well, for me, I just find it really refreshing to praise God. You might say, oh, a bit weird. What do you mean? I like to open the Psalms and I will physically read Psalms out, praising God and just, you know, bringing worship and praise to him. And it brings an offloading. It brings an unburdening as you just open yourself up to God. I love worship songs and CDs, so I'll put them on in the car and just use that time just to sing some praise to God. And you might think, well, that just sounds weird. I've got to tell you, it might sound weird, but it works. It just can unburden something within you. The next thing that um, the Bible talks to us about, we read in Luke 11, the disciples asked Jesus, how do we pray? And prayer is a great way of just unloading to God. And you think, prayer, what do I say? Think of prayer as just a conversation with God. It's like having a conversation with your closest friend. And it says in Psalm 55 verse 22, cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. So as you're taking this time out with God, just bring your prayers to God. If there's stuff that's really weighing heavy on you, if you've got some financial burden, if you've got somebody you're really concerned about, if you've got a day ahead of you that you're not quite sure how you're going to cope, it does work if you just bring it to God and just lay it all before him. One of my favorite verses is in Philippians. It's in Philippians 4 and verse 6, and it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, Present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So whether you're fretting about how you're going to get Christmas done, whether you're worrying about finance and how you're going to keep paying that mortgage, whether you've got some health issues, if you bring those prayer requests to God, that peace that we can't explain will just come and help and offload those burdens and just help you cope with that pressure. Another way when we spend God, spend time with God is reading the Bible. In Hebrews 4.12, it says, For the word of God is living and active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. And as we read the Bible and just go through God's word, it gives us direction, it gives us encouragement, and it builds us up. And you might be new to the, the Christian faith or you might just be looking at the journey of being a Christian and think, the Bible's massive, where do I start? Well, I'd recommend that you start with the first four books of the New Testament, reading about the life of Jesus and what he did. And that will just really help to unfold things. And there's just something great about reading the Bible. It's just like pouring in refreshment. And it's like, um, it says in the Psalms about as the deer pants, then the water is poured in as you're spending time with God and as you read his word. At the arena, we've got a, a daily reading plan that you can follow. You can get that on the website. We can send it by email or you can have it on a hard copy. 
or there's loads of daily devotionals that you can just follow in there, follow a reading plan, and that will just help you and give you some direction through the Bible. The next one, spending time with God. This is one of the ones I'm finding really hard. I'm on a journey with at the moment, and that is listening, just sitting, not talking, not saying anything. And if we're talking, we can't hear. So sometimes we need to shut up and listen up just to what God is saying to us. And you might say, well, how does God speak? For me, he'll just prompt me to read a certain Bible passage. Or he'll just give me a thought or something, you know, will just come into my, my heart. or And he'll just speak to me that way. Some people, I do believe, hear audible voice, the audible voice of God. But I've never heard that. But he does speak to people that way. And I believe that God is speaking all the time. It's just whether we take the time to be quiet and just listen to what he's saying to us. And this one might seem a little bit bizarre, but in my own experience, getting refreshing and giving time to God, a big part of that is coming to things that we put on at church, coming to things like equippers, coming to the prayer, the prayer nights. You might think because we're church leaders or whatever, we come skipping home from work. Yippee, it's equippers tonight. I can't wait to get there. Sometimes it's a struggle for us too. We put in a full day's work and we have to come out. You've seen some of the stuff I have to wade through before I can even get in the car to come to equippers. But I've got to tell you, every time I make that effort, I go home again feeling refreshed. Just having that fellowship, just having God's word spoken and talked to us. And if you don't If you can't manage to get to them or you've not managed to get them, can I encourage you? Just make the effort because it is a refreshing to our life and to our soul just to be with other Christians and just to to be in God's presence, just to take that time out. It is so valuable as we deal with the pressures of life. The second area I want to look at is making time for others. And as we read through the Gospels, we see that Jesus often spent time with his disciples. At the end of the day, when they'd had a busy day, he would often go to the side with his disciples and just spend time speaking with them. Sometimes having to explain what he'd been talking about because they didn't quite get it. And it talks in the Bible about he had friends, Lazarus, Mary and Martha, and that he loved them. They were his friends. And in Luke 10, 39, it gives us the account of where he visits their home and he spends time with them. And there are other accounts in the Bible where Jesus just spends time having meals with people and just generally spending time in their homes with them. And sometimes we can neglect spending that time, and it's to our own cost. Because whilst we've been giving out and giving out, spending time with other people that are for us, that are are friends with us, they can put something back into our life. As we spend time laughing joking, having a good time, maybe going out doing something or even just being in their home, they're actually adding something back into your life. And I know, again, I struggle with this because I love the work that I do. So it's quite easy just to keep working and working. But it has to be a discipline that I take time out for the family, that I take time out for friends, that I've made it a discipline now. And it sounds ridiculous. I've had to make it a discipline. I go and see my mum and dad every week. I make that journey and I go and see them because they're important. And when I go into their house, it's like refreshing, you know, and um, we need to do it. And if you've got a busy diary, you need to schedule it in. If that's how busy you are, 
You need to make these priorities and make them non-negotiable once you've scheduled them into your diary. And then the last area I just want to look at is make time for yourself. And we give out so much in the different roles that we have to, to do in our lives. If we don't take time just to put something back in, we will get to a point where we have nothing left to give and we're running on empty. So it's different things for different people. It might be that you like walking, cycling, going to the gym, visiting different places, going for a manicure or a massage, watching a film, whatever it is that brings you wind down time. And again, we can neglect ourselves so badly, but it is so important that we take time. And especially when we've got families that we're looking after, especially when we've got deadlines at uni and we saw that on the, on the screens. You need to be able to just take some time out for yourself and just have you time. Um, and just as an aside to that, the Bible talks in Corinthians about our body being a temple of the Holy Spirit. And God does expect us to get the right amount of sleep. He does expect us to eat properly and to exercise. Because if we look after ourselves physically, then we can face the day and all the traumas and all the pressures that we have to face. So just in concluding and bringing all that together, I was quite disappointed in some ways. And I found it quite hard to prepare this because I wanted to come with like a magic wand and say, you know, we have pressured lives. Here's the Bible wand. If I just wave it over you, you'll all go home feeling de-stressed. The actual reality of it is we have to put some things in place in our own lives and we have to put the energy in, if you like, to spend time with God, to spend time with others and to take time for ourselves. And we have to do that. There's a saying that says, if you want to change some things in your life, you'll have to change some things in your life. And God isn't bringing any condemnation tonight because we're not spending enough time with him or we're not spending enough time with our families or looking after ourselves. He wants the best for us. And he understands the pressures. He knows what we have to contend with every day. And just as we finish, I just want to look at where pressure can come from. Because as I was preparing, I did feel that there was people just needed to bring some different things before God just as we look at this. And we can put immense pressure on ourselves, trying to be something maybe that God hasn't asked us to be. And pressure can just come because we're trying to be something and we're pushing and we're striving. And I know when I had my, my first baby, I wanted to be Mother Earth. I saw all these other women that were just so brilliant at being mothers. And I put myself under so much pressure. I didn't see what went on in their home. Perhaps, you know, it wasn't all together. And I had to come to a place where, God, I'm just going to be the mum that you've called me to be. And I'm going to be the person you've called me to be. So just think about, are you putting yourself under unreasonable pressure? There's nothing wrong with wanting to aspire to better yourself and, you know, and achieve things. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you're putting pressure on yourself to be something that you're never going to be, we just need to lay that down and say, you know what, God, I'm just going to be what you've asked me to be. Because that is when we'll get true fulfillment. Others can put pressure on us. People can put unreasonable demands on us. 
And as we've looked at that, they're not unreasonable demands. That's, that's my children. That, that's my husband. They're not unreasonable demands. But some people can put unreasonable demands on us. And sometimes we just have to take a stand and say, no, I can't do that. What you've asked me to do is impossible and I can't do that. And not be frightened to say no. And that, again, is something I've had to really deal with. Because you want to please everybody all of the time, don't you? And I just feel these people here tonight that have got to learn just to do that. And then the world. Wow, if we think about the media, advertising, telling us what car we should be driving, what house we should be in. You know, you're no good unless you're a size zero with designer clothes, unless you've got loads of money. And it puts pressure on us all the time. And God doesn't want us to live with that pressure. There's nothing wrong with material goods. Nothing wrong with that at all. But it it speaks in Luke about how God clothes the lilies, how he feeds the birds, and how much more will he look after us. And we don't need to be worried with all that stuff. It actually says in Luke there that if we seek first his kingdom, all that stuff will just come anyway. We don't need to strive after it. But the world can put so much pressure on to try and make us into something that God doesn't want us to to be necessarily. And I think God likes us just the way he made us. I think more than that, he's absolutely crazy about us. In Psalm 139, it says, we're fearfully and wonderfully made. And he put us together how he wanted us to be right from when we were conceived in our mother's womb. There's no pressure from God. No pressure. So just as we finish, we're going to pray. And I do feel there are specific things that people just need to come and lay before God. And just to make a decision that, yeah, I've got this pressure and it isn't necessarily going to go away. But I just want to put some things in place in my life, Lord, just to bring some balance. Just to get you right in the center. And then I don't know how it works. All I know is it works. We just seem to have this way of being able to cope if we've got God in the center of all that we're doing.